Welcome into today's episode of Forte Catholic. I am so glad that you are here. We have a very special episode today. This was recorded live in front of all of our retreatants and involving almost all of our retreatants. Uh, this is from our men's retreat that we had at the Lake House in Southern Louisiana uh, just three weeks ago, about a month ago. Uh, and we recorded there. Uh, there's some faces that you'll, if you listen to the show, that you'll see that are here that are familiar. Uh, Chris Bartlett was my co-host for this first segment. He's been a co-host here on the show before. And JP Quinn returns for, he's the rocket scientist. He'll returns, he returns for his uh, about yearly uh, game that he created called Forte Mezzo Piano, where he shares hot takes and we share uh, what we think about his hot takes. They're all involving church stuff and uh, we get everybody involved. We've got people uh, sharing reflections from our men's retreats. Uh, we've also got people sharing their their uh, opinions on our hot takes. We have an absolute blast. Uh, we hope that you enjoy it. And if you do, maybe you want to come on a retreat with us. Not only, the big announcement is we're not just doing men's retreats anymore. We are now doing women's retreats. So if you listen to this episode and you like it, one, hit subscribe. Number two, let me know if you want to come to Central Texas or Southern Louisiana to join us for one of our men's or women's retreats. We'd love to have you. Just uh, reach out. We're still doing invite only. So just send me a message, reply to the episode, send me an email, social media, whatever. Uh, we'd love to get you guys on retreats. They're going very well, and I think you'll hear that today. So enjoy our episode live from our first ever men's retreat in Southern Louisiana. Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll. That is Christopher Leandro Bartlett. Hello, Christopher. Hey, welcome back, Taylor. Thank you. It's good to be here. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me. Yes, indeed. Yep. Yep. Uh, we are recording this live from our third ever, I almost said third annual, but it's been three and seven months. So it's a new tradition. Yeah, it is. It is our third men's retreat that we have ever done with Forte Catholic. We are in a new location, though. We are in Hacksbury? Hackberry, Louisiana. You've been here for three days. <laughs> it's beautiful. So it's humongous. Thank you. I do feel beautiful. It's very humongous. forte. Yes, indeed. Uh, so one thing that we noticed whenever we were um, driving here today, we were driving back from the beach. We went to the beach today. It was very lovely. Uh, we were driving back and we were noticing that every street, except for the one that we are currently on, was named after people because it's a very small town. Yes. And it was, did you notice that the town next door is a family that we prayed for the general intentions at mass tonight? No. Yes. I immediately looked at you and you were either praying or asleep. <laughs> and We didn't make eye contact, but I think we prayed. We definitely prayed for the next street. And I think we prayed for the one before I couldn't wow. fully remember the yep. name. But uh, I was like, that's how small of an area we are in right now, is there are like eight streets, and I think that's who we prayed and, for. And for perspective, we were 25% of the mass tonight. It, and uh, it was it's the Saturday vigil. And we increased the volume of participation by 800%. Because we say, we got compliments. The priest was like, please come back. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. They, they wanted us to be here every weekend. And I was like, well, Sorry, we're going to leave tomorrow. It's a long drive. They said, can y'all come back tomorrow? Because they only have two people come on Sunday morning. They asked us all to return tomorrow wow. morning. <laughs> wow. Because we were that helpful at Mass. But uh, we're here for our men's retreats. And this isn't something like, 
We don't talk about the men's retreats super publicly because sure. it's invite only. I only want my special boys to come with me. Um, but it's the, the goal of this retreat and the reason that you and the rest of the guys that are here said yes is because it's like it's a half and half retreat, which is what I like to put in my coffee. Sure. It's like half, hey, let's go hang out with other Catholic guys and have a positive experience within a Catholic context. Iron sharpens iron. Let's, uh, we, we've had a few beverages. <laughs> Uh, there's there's water Gatorade over there. Don't worry, guys. Yeah, trust but, us. We've we've had some beverages. We've had some cigars. We've spent. We, we've played pool. We've played ping pong. We've um, uh, went to the beach. That sort of thing. But we've also spent some time in prayer. Yes. What have we done? Let's see if you can remember all the prayers that we have done this weekend. Great. Uh, we did uh, Lectio Divina. What was that? Lectio Divina. Lectio. Lectio. Meditation on scripture verses. We have a, a Latin scholar staring at us, and I'm not sure which of us is right. <laughs> he's, he's squirming. I don't know. We, we did some reflection on prayer, liturgy hours. Uh, we had a time for confession, mass, mm -hmm. mass, more than once. We did adoration. Um, we've had a couple of moments to reflect on our gifts, and uh, and then a lot of discussion with the brothers that are here. Yeah. Yep. It's been it's been really good, and it, what's really cool is that um, so this is all the ministry uh, that was started by Paul George, who. I've shared before on the show has, a, has had a big impact on my life. He was a speaker at the Steubenville Conference that changed our life, just like every other person by, my age had a Steubenville experience that changed their life. And, uh, and it's cool that he invited me in to be like a partner in this ministry with yep. him. And I got to experience this retreat as a participant, the first retreat that I did. It was like my friends and family, but Paul led it. And then I led my first one on my own at a different location a few months ago. And now we're here at this new location. And everyone has been different but it seems like it has always been what I needed at that time. Yeah. So I've done three within the last year. Yeah. And it always seemed, all three retreats have had the same like blueprints, but have been very different experiences. Built. And seemed to very much fit that group. And I think it was because the group is inputting into what the experience is going to be, right? So Paul is, I guess, my retreat grandpa because he fed you and you're feeding me. Right. Oh, I was like, am I... I thought you were saying you're, you're like the retreat dad. Yeah, yeah. And he's like the dad of the retreat dad. So he's. I'm the youngest grandpa. person here, so I'm like, am I the child? No. <laughs> you, you've done a great job. The retreat itself, it's been cool because it's uh, it's kind of a hybrid between content driven and self led, mm -hmm. and so there've been a, a lot of neat moments for me to kind of bring my own issues, challenges, struggles, opportunities before the Lord, um, but also to be able to process them. Quite a bit, so yeah. JP is yelling at me. What? We can't talk with our hands because it creates shadows. That's what he's saying. No, it doesn't matter. It's like that every week. <laughs> he's fine. also sunburned. What else? Yeah. <laughs> Can you see me now? Okay, thanks, JP. Appreciate it. Um, so what we're gonna do here in the first segment of the show, uh, all. We, we recorded, we thought we were going to do three segments. We've already recorded the second, and we said we're coming back after that. We're not coming back after that. It was a beefy segment. <laughs> it really was. Yeah, yeah. And so is this one. So what we're going to do is, um, people are used to you. You've been a co-host on the show multiple times. We're going to have a returning uh, a returning guest who uh, leads a game once a year later a on A fan favorite. Show. Fan favorite. It's... I feel like they're going to be disappointed now, because you said fan favorite, and then they're going to get JP and be disappointed. <laughs> But um, what we're going to do is just kind of share some of the fruits of this retreat. Because we're, we're winding down. We're recording this on, on the last evening of our retreat. We have one primary session left. We'll do morning prayer tomorrow. And then we're, we're out. We're going back to, to our lives. Yeah. So we've experienced most of the retreat. 
and we've been able to share some fruit in our, in our, in our discussions. Um, so we're going to bring a couple of people up from, from uh, the rest of the retreat, but I wanted to hear from you first what has been a, a fruit of this retreat for you. The drive home, Taylor and I rode together. The drive here, I was just kind of letting off steam. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, and with a heavy heart, just a lot of chaos in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drive home is going to be a lot different. So <laughs> I'm just letting you know right now. I, I have to vent for three hours. <laughs> got, <laughs> Those retreat guys sucked. I couldn't stand the whole weekend. I'm right here. JP uh, hit me with a beanbag. <laughs> oh, the lies. <laughs> no, but uh, it, it, it's interesting pulling yourself out of some of the chaos that you create for yourself. Um, and some of the perspectives that you just kind of get rooted into in the day-to-day grind and to be able to step back. And I'm telling you, yesterday we went to adoration, and by the end of adoration, I was in a place where I had, uh, I had a sense of peace that I think the Lord actually had waiting for me. I was just too busy spinning plates to be able to receive that, right? And so I would say yesterday I got, I got kind of corrected, and then the Lord's been building up since then. So personal prayer has been amazing, um, but just that element to kind of vulnerably share and the brotherhood to be able to be like, yeah, we'll be praying for you. We hope that the Lord is going to show up. We're going to pray that the Lord shows up. And then guess what happened? The Lord showed up. Good, good, very good. Um, One of the the pieces of this retreat that was really stressful coming into it was uh, finding a priest that could come. And it's like uh, one of the things you and I joke all the time because we've worked in youth ministry for so long, we've worked in ministry that we can be like, I can bring a whole retreat to you. I can do, I can, I can set it up. I can do all the talks. I can, uh, I can do the small groups. I can, or at least, at least coordinate. I can do everything and let the, like the youth minister or the pastor or yeah. whoever just sit back. But there's a few things that I can't I can do. almost be a turnkey solution except. <laughs> except for confession, the mass, adoration, the, the, yeah. those pieces. Um, and I asked multiple priests, friends of mine, and they just couldn't because... Of scheduling. They're busy a lot, and we know that there's a priest shortage. A lot of them are very busy, or they're pastors and they don't have an associate, or they're associates at a parish with eight billion people. And they're yeah. just they're just busy, right? So then I like it was like I was asking friend priests to come for the whole time. That's kind of the goal. Because it's willing to fly them out like the whole nine yards. Yeah. yeah. I have a billion air- airline miles, like I'll pay for everything and I'll pay you. Just just come, just right? Come. Yeah. And I got told no. But, but, and it was kind. Things happen, right? And then I started asking like other priests that I know. They're maybe not my friends, but like I know of them and I asked them. They said no. And then I started asking like friends of friends to ask. And it's like, I have connections in a lot of places around here. I don't have c- connections in where we are, right. but I have connections with people close enough that a, a priest could have driven and we could have treated them really well and he could have come and said mass and, and heard confessions. I got told no over a hundred times. Yeah, and, and then you started asking people, do you have some white tape that you can just put here <laughs> on a black shirt? Like, no one's met Brian. He's the priest for the weekend. I just tricked the rest of you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Brian is our priest for the weekend. And so I came in with that baggage of like feeling sad just because being rejected the first few times, no problem. Being rejected the 98th time kind of hurt, right? Yeah. Um, but then also like, feeling like I failed. It's like, I want to give y'all the best retreat that, that we possibly can. And if we don't have a priest, again, there's only so much I can do, right? Um, and then a week before the retreat, I'm on Instagram and I have asked all of the, my Instagram priests. I've asked all my, I, I was asking people, priests in Canada, 
that I would like have to get, go through customs to come to this retreat. And then he said no. Um, I get on Instagram and I, and I ask this priest. Um, I, all right, I see him in a friend's post and I realize that he is near to here. Right. He's in a parish very close to where we just had dinner, like yeah. th th 30 minutes away. And I reach out to him. He doesn't know me from Adam. Never heard of me. We don't follow each other. We've never interacted. Nothing. And I said, essentially, a message of, hello. This Help. Is, this is who I am. Yeah. This is what we're doing. Yeah. This is where we will be. Can you come help? Confession, mass. And he said, yes. And it has, it, it, it blew me away because now we know we've all had a very positive experience with Father Michael. Yeah, right? he was outstanding. He was incredible. And he, he came and he heard all of our confessions. He heard our confessions and still liked us. <laughs> and, and then he fit in with the guys. Right, like, right. He started ribbing on one of the guys, which was... You! <laughs> we don't have to replay that. I was just, just one of the guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One gentleman that was the tallest among us. Yes. Um, and just, uh, I was talking with uh, with one of the, one of our guys earlier about it, just how there's the, the Jewish prayer at Passover, where I, I forget the name of it now, but it's the, um, if you had only done this, Lord. It would be enough. It would be enough. Yeah. That would have been enough. If you had just parted the seas, that would have been enough. Yeah. If you had just created man, that would have been enough. If you had just parted the seas, that would have been enough. And, uh, and like the version for me is, there's no reason he should have come. There's no reason he should have trusted us. There's no reason he should have trusted me. There's no, he has no responsibility to us. We're not in his parish boundaries. Yeah. He uh, said two other masses before. He said another mass after. Like This was the Feast of St. Blaise. He's like, yeah, you guys are probably number 355 <laughs> for the blessing of the throats. The yeah. Of the throats. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like, like that, there have been many graces and fruits for me this weekend, but I keep coming back to that. It's like, God set that up. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was out of options. Yeah. Right. And, and it was just, it was so cool for, for Father Michael. And like, not only that, even, even more of the, that would have been enough. It would have been enough if he just came last night, heard our confessions and said mass. But he also felt comfortable enough to, for him to feel comfortable. Shared he, his heart. Yeah. And, but then today we're sitting at the beach and he sends me a thank you note thinking me and us for inviting him to be with us. I got goosebumps. It's yeah. like, it would have been enough. Would you stop already? Like, it would have been enough if you would just have done the bare minimum. And it was just, um, I have been, I am recovering from a time of being ungrateful for the good things that God has given me because so many good things were taken away. Well, and to a degree, for God to do that through a priest Yes. Is restorative yes. for you, for, for you me, specifically. Very much, it, very much so. Go back about 20 episodes and <laughs> just cry with us, you know. From about 100 episodes to about 20 ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the season three of 14. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it, that was just really cool for me. And just over and over again, like it would have been enough if this had just happened. It would have been enough if seven, uh, six of you came. It would have been enough if five of you came. Like it just, it's just been such a blessing to have everything fit together and to work. And it's just been really cool. Yeah. All right. We're going to bring out some other guys. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to take this mic from Chris. We're, Chris will be back. Don't worry. Um, and we're going to have Doug come on up who was, um, like I mentioned, we had, we had shared, uh, we, we recorded our other segment earlier and we were talking about hot takes while he was wearing the hoodie that represents his company. And I wasn't sure if he should be wearing that as he talked. Here's your mic here, buddy. Thank you. Hello. Quick introduction of who you are. Yeah. I'm Doug. 
Um, I'm 43 years old, have four kids and a wife, obviously. I work at eCatholic as a <laughs> tech support. I don't know now. I'm being... Well, no, it's just funny that you stuttered. You're like, wait, where am I? Should I be saying this? <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. I've been Catholic my whole life. Um, went to Franciscan University of Steubenville. Oh, that's who you're um, representing with the green. Oh, yeah. There we go. Great. So, um, so yeah, I just wanted to invite a, a few guys up to, to share, like, what has been some of the fruits of the retreat for you? Yeah, for me, um, I was introduced to some much needed structure in my prayer life that I knew about, but strangely never implemented um, with Lexio Divina. Ooh, I said it wrong, but... Um, <laughs> So I said it wrong is what you're well, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I said the Divine, Divine whatever. Um, but then also, uh, I'm very much paint between the lines kind of guy. Um, and this retreat has really made me question a lot of the lines, like in my interacting with the parish, with my prayer life, with God. Um, if this thing isn't working, like why not shift it to a different set of lines? I'm not talking like breaking rules, just changing times, creating something new from scratch, whatever it may be. Like if this isn't broken, if this is broken, stop trying to do that thing. And I really needed to be challenged because I was in a rut and I wasn't going any, going anywhere with what I had been doing at the time. So this retreat gave me a moment to pause, be with God and figure a lot of stuff out. Yeah, it's good to hear. And I, th I think one of the, the, the benefits of just a retreat in general is getting away from normal life and having some time to slow down both yes. in the time with God and the, just the time with the right. right. It's like a lot of people have mentioned, like, I'm not at my computer. I'm not working. Right. Yeah. And just how, how we can start rethinking things. Because when we're busy, we don't have the time or the energy to, yeah. what if I rethought how I'm doing my entire ministry at my parish, right? Yeah. You're just like, I just have to do it because that's what I do on Mondays. And then I have to do this yeah. on Tuesdays and, and family and all this kind of stuff. So good. I'm really glad that's happened. Cool. Thanks, Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Oops. I, I, I wasn't shaking your hand. I was grabbing the mic. But I'll shake your hand now. All right. Now I'm double mic. Come on, Brian. Brian is here. This is our, our priest for the weekend. <laughs> Come on, Brian. You're going to mess up the autofocus. David, where's David? <laughs> Check up the autofocus. <laughs> Brian. Taylor. Welcome to a much less popular YouTube channel than yours. <laughs> How does it feel to be slumming it? Uh, feels really good. Good. I'm glad, I'm glad I, like to, I like to descend down into the people. And uh, and you know visit them with uh, with knowledge. You're, you're you're like the priest. This is like the Pope's his, his Wednesday. What is it called? The Wednesday message. The Wednesday, the Wednesday audience. This is your Wednesday audience with the group. You you grace us with your presence. So uh, Brian and I have been friends. He's a very popular YouTuber. G Ginger Prime is his primary channel. There worked a game. Um, we we've gotten to hang out before in a. Lake House. Yeah. This is our second time hanging out in a lake house. It's but, becoming uh, a, a habit. Yeah, I yeah. like I like the habit. Me too. Um, so, uh, yeah, what, is, what have been some of the fruits for you this weekend? I think for me, really, the fruit um, is the idea of rest. I don't know if there's uh, any guys out there that, you know, struggle with, like, addiction to work, uh, you know, constant busyness and uh, that go, 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 hustle culture mentality um, that's very, I think, prevalent. I think we have 100%. Accuracy there. Okay. Yeah, and so <laughs> I would say this is probably not something very unique to uh, to like. I, I can only speak to the men. I, I'm sure that you know women have uh, you know equally as you know different challenges and stuff. But uh, for me, I think it's been really focusing in on uh, rest and uh, just kind of retreating into um, you know a, a peace and a, and a slowness and a stillness 
um, that I, I've desperately, I desperately needed. My wife uh, made this happen. She was very encouraging and like, like you need to go. Um, and so she's taking care of the, the five kids back at the house um, while we're expecting our, our sixth kid. And I'm like that, like, that's just a lot. And so um, I'm looking forward to getting home and spending time with the kids, but I'm going in and going back home in a very rested way. Um, you know, really appreciative of the sacrifices that those who, you know, love me, uh, you know, give me the opportunities to do uh, something like this. And then also being, you know, ready to really kind of, in a way, start off uh, 2023 in, in a very healthy, spiritual, prayerful, uh, focused way. So, uh, sure. yeah, that's, that's what I really got out of this. Uh, and I really enjoyed getting to hang out with, you know, a bunch of guys. And, you know, it's, it's like, it, it, it's something that, I think men, especially as we've gotten older, struggle with, especially as it means making friends. Like, oh yeah, you and I became friends a couple of years ago, but it's like you can chart like meeting friends by gaps in time, you know, because we're all busy with like our families and our lives, and that's you know that's where our vocation is. But it's really great to be able to be like instant friends, like on the car ride down with yeah. everybody. It was just like you were like, how'd it go? I was like, this was incredible. <laughs> yeah, so he, you got in a car with three guys who have known each other for a very long time and y'all all hit it off just very, yeah. very, very well. I just want to say as a caveat for any of any, if there's a possibility of any of the other wives listening, we're grateful for your sacrifice as well. We just don't want Brian to take all the, all the love points from his wife. So we're all very grateful. Everyone is nodding their heads that we're all grateful for the sacrifice of our wives. Thank you, Brian. I'm going to take your mic and shake your hand. That's the new thing that we're doing here. There it is. <laughs> and we are going to bring up D Mike, and I'm going to explain that here in just a second. Um, everybody that I know that is in deacon formation, the further that they get into it, I give them the next more letter. letters. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's a better lowercase D at this stage. Or just D yeah. and then you'll be day for a while okay. and then Dia and then Deke, which I think is the coolest. Deke would be good. And then yeah. Deco. And then I don't call you deacon until after your ordination. It, proper. Like everyone yes. else. Yes. I just proper. thought I just wanted yeah. to feel special. Good. Uh, so Mike, you, you're, we're from the same parish. We're on yep. pastoral council together. Um, and you've been a really good influence in my life for the last year and a half or so, since we really mm -hmm. got to know each other. Yeah. We had yeah. cross paths, but um, yeah, you've, you're a leader in, in, in you work at a and a leader in the, in the business school there. And uh, you just been, you, you just introduced me. I'll just sit here. Uh, I'm going to answer your fruits too. This weekend, Mike has really enjoyed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so yeah, what, what have been some of the fruits for you this weekend? You know, last night when we were or yesterday afternoon late when we were having mass together, we did it in a living room. Mm -hmm. And the first time that we kneeled, there was no pew in front of you to kneel down with because we were in a living room. There's couches and, and a table. And when we kneeled, we all went down on one knee first before we went down on two knees. And I had this moment as we went down of feeling like that I was in an army. There's this army of just eight guys, and it's a temporary army that's going to have some ties together for a long time. But there was that moment of, you know, I'm, I'm, I am subject to him. I am a servant of his and warrior of his. And that's why we retreated. We retreated to sort of to get whole, to, to, to abide in him, to um, to retreat, to back up just a little bit so that we could go back into battle. And we had some really great conversation yesterday about how the battle is not some heroic thing. It's the small things of being a dad and being a good professional and being a good coworker and being a good husband. But those things are really big things and they're, and they're worthy of being in battle together. And that was just that one moment when we went down on one knee together. That's cool. Yeah. Something I didn't even notice. Cause my, my thing was, uh, I had a 
Very different experience with that. It's very hard for me to kneel. So I knelt down the first time, and, and as quick as I could, I got up and came and knelt behind the sofa so that I could kneel so on, so my arms could. on the sofa. So you, could, yeah. so you were having very holy thoughts, and I just went, ow. Yeah, there, were some, there were, you know, there were a few people with like knees creaking, and, and maybe they were the ones on the other end of the age scale. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Um, one thing that that um, that you were sharing with me uh, earlier yesterday was that uh, you because you like recently recently started your deacon formation mm -hmm. yeah. and you were saying that there were some really cool connections for you with some of your deacon formation. Yes, so just a week ago we spent a Saturday learning relearning how to pray, mm -hmm. and it's some of the exact same stuff we've done here. And and what I'm lectio or lexio, we'll find out. Lectio, soon. lexio, divina. Um, <laughs> just more meditative prayer, you know, finding that one word and thinking about what it really means and then, and then shut up, try to shut up in your brain for a second and let him speak to you. And that's the other thing that really struck me from this weekend is, yeah, you retreat so that you can sort of retool and relearn and be refreshed, but then we have to take that back. And so the idea of abiding in him, being in prayer with him, daily, morning, evening, somehow constantly finding the way that works for you. Liturgy of the Hours, Lectio Divina, uh, being in adoration, whatever that way is or ways, or even just trying different things, but finding a way to abide or to daily retreat, to daily retreat so that we can enter into the battle, but more importantly, can continue to dig our own interior well deeper and deeper and deeper so that we can overflow with him. Because it's like the more we're in prayer, the more we're able to get out of our own way and let him do the work. Yeah, one of the one of the things that I was thinking about in, in Mass this afternoon is uh, we did, we, we, we had done the spiritual gifts assessment earlier mm -hmm. in the day. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that you and I and a lot of the other guys were talking about after we, after we took the test and we're kind of um, discussing it together was that these gifts were given to us for other people. And there was a connection that, that the priest made in his homily that I never, un, that I never noticed before. Because last weekend, we talked about the Beatitudes. And I did an episode on the Beatitudes, like, because that really stuck out to me. I never realized that, that today's was, we are the light of the world, uh, we, uh, we are the salt of the earth, right? And that uh, the Beatitudes are all, blessed are you who are, who are meek and humble. And it, it is about the internal the internal, like the, the Beatitudes are how we are to live as Christians. And that is internal work. But it is for the sake of literally the next lines in the story is go be the salt of the earth, go be the light of the world. So uh, it was a really cool connection to what we did this morning of yeah. here are our gifts and even us really realizing together this is for other Yeah, people. you recognize what your salt is. What yeah. is my salt? And then you use it. But what you're using it for is to unleash the best of them in his light. Right, so th they have their own things, and they need to become their own salt. But our goal is to take his joy, turn it into our joy, and let it become their joy. Yeah, which Amen. is his love. It's just his love. That's it. You know, it's not complicated stuff. But man, we got to get out of the tyranny of busyness so that we can get here and stop for a minute, and then try to do it daily. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Shake the hand. Take the mic. <laughs> come on back, Chris. We're gonna close out. We're gonna uh, we're gonna come back here in just a few minutes and play a game that is gonna involve a lot of the faces that you saw and some of the faces that you didn't see. Um, but Chris, you're always good at bringing things home. Mm. You're gonna bring us home. You've mm. heard the whole segment. You've heard everybody share here. You've heard everybody share this weekend. What is the deepest, darkest secret that somebody shared this weekend that you want to share here on the podcast? Yeah, great. I'm just kidding. And so <laughs> wrap us up. I, I would say as a wrap. Um, that the fruits that God had for us waiting here on this retreat, I believe he had for us before this retreat. 
waiting. And so if you're not able to get away for three days, four days, get away for 30 seconds. Do a 30 second retreat. Pause your life for one minute at, right now during the show. Come back to it and hit play, like and subscribe, all those things, right? But like pause your life for a moment because God has something for you and he doesn't hide it behind a retreat. Actually, we just pulled things off of our eyes so that we could see that it was a gift waiting for us. And I think that's a beautiful thing because I was, like I shared, I was getting a little bit towards the despair route. And uh, and I get here and I mean, less than 24 hours into the retreat, I'm reset. God had that waiting for me before right. I came on this retreat. And you could so, have done it in your living room if you just took the time to do it. Yeah, I have an adoration yeah. chapel an hour, <laughs> I mean an hour, five minutes from my house. Right. I could have done a holy hour and, right. and, and those type of things. So I just, I just want to encourage you, um, if you heard something here that resonates, God probably has that gift waiting for you. So don't be afraid to ask for it. Um, but the other piece that went along with it was the brotherhood that was built along here. So find someone else to journey with you um, because that, that's been a huge, a huge blessing. And I was shocked because it's like eight guys, not all of us knew each other. And some of us knew each other in different ways. There's someone on the board of the uh, the nonprofit I work for. You were, you were really worried that you weren't going to be able to like, have a drink. I was like, am I supposed to wear a suit and tie to this whole, this whole retreat and things like that? Um, but, but, but we're brothers now and yeah. it's, it's, it's beautiful. And so I just, uh, there's, God wants to journey with you. God has people he wants you to journey with and, uh, and look for that because you don't have to come, but here we are. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was, it's interesting that that was your wrap up because mine was very similar is like, it's, we all, all of us had access to this beforehand. And yep. now it's hopefully we can learn our lesson and have little, you know, the little retreats every day, the little times of prayer, the little times of even just, I'm constantly playing a podcast either for work or for entertainment. And it's like, sometimes I just need the quiet that we got this weekend. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, all right, guys, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with a very silly game with a lot of very silly people and one very serious one. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Today's episode is sponsored by our friends over at Almighty Legends. I'm thrilled about this new project. It's a Kickstarter for these like action hero figurines of some of our favorite people from uh, the Bible and our faith. Uh, they've got the four horsemen that are coming at the end times, but uh, even more cool to me is they have figurines of the three archangels, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. Uh, the Kickstarter just started on Ash Wednesday and it's running through Lent. I'm gonna put uh, the link down in, in the description of the show. You can go check them out. They look amazing. Like they they look like, you know, action figures that you could get for uh, for Marvel or for DC. That's It's that sort of uh, style. And they are really, really cool looking. I'm gonna get some myself and support them on Kickstarter. So a little bit about them is their goal is to deliver a unique and thoughtful action fig figure line that will create a positive change in the way that collectors, both young and seasoned, collect and play. My, my son's gonna love these too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get me some of them. Um, so like I mentioned, the first series of figurines is gonna include the three archangels, Gabriel the messenger, Michael the defender, and Raphael the healer. And they're gonna be followed by the four horsemen of war, conquest, famine, and death. These figures look absolutely incredible. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm gonna put up some pictures uh, of some of the figurines. Uh, but for everybody that's watching and listening, go check the link in the description to go check out these awesome looking figurines from our friends over at Almighty Legends. Uh, check, you can see all the pictures and more information on the Kickstarter page that I have linked down below. Go check it out and support this great Catholic art. We've talked in the show before about how sometimes Catholic art is not very good. You know, it's just like, just make art that's good and maybe there's some Catholicism. We finally found it in Almighty Legends. I'm going to get these action figurines. Uh, me and my son will probably fight over them. Uh, so go check it out down in the link in the description.
Welcome back to Fortune Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll. We are still here at the Men's Retreat. I am joined by a new co-host for this segment. His name is JP Quinn. He has been on the show multiple times before, a literal rocket scientist. Chris, I got a new job and is terrible at it. He's, he's cranking the video camera like it's a video just to distract me moments into the segment. Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate it. I just want to remind everybody that was Chris. If I need to stay as co-host, I can. <laughs> you, you will. You're gonna, you, uh, Chris is fired now for everything. He actually must leave the room now. There goes Chris. <laughs> there he goes. Okay. So JP has been on the show before, literal rocket scientist, and he invented a game that we play once a year called Mezzo Forte Piano or something like that. We something mess it up like every time. But essentially the premise is that JP is going to share hot takes. He has prepared these hot takes and I am going to have an opinion on them. If, it is a, if I think it's a dumb take, I'm gonna say piano. It's like quiet, I don't really care. If I think it's a meh, okay take, I'm gonna say mezzo. And if I think it's the greatest take ever and we should implement it immediately, I'm gonna say forte, the loud take. But uh, we have guys here at the retreat and I need somebody to argue with. Usually it's Father Anthony, but he's not here because he decided he hates us. And we're gonna uh, take advantage of that. We really are gonna take advantage <laughs> of that. And so we are going to have a uh, rotating group of people, uh, people who are unnamed and you don't know, but you're gonna know a lot about their takes about very obscure things that JP has come up with. So uh, JP, are you excited to be playing this game? I'm excited and in person next to each other. This doesn't often happen. I don't think it's ever happened. No, we, I mean, I've been in your studio, but I don't think we recorded anything. We, we have never recorded the show together. I'm excited. So yeah. give, give me the first take and we've got we've got right. our rogues gallery here of people who are going to join us. So if you guys feel that you have a, a great uh, either a, a strong feelings about any of these takes, come on up and JP will mic you up. Yeah. So first take, we, we're on retreat. We've been doing a lot of prayer. It's been really good. Uh, so this one's about prayer. Uh, falling asleep during prayer is more a sign that you find peace and comfort in God than a sign that you're bad at or not dedicated enough to prayer. Okay. I think that's, people, people like to, to poo-poo people that fall asleep in prayer, like they're just lazy or they're not good, or I think that's, you're finding comfort, and that's a gift from God. Embrace it, let yourself fall asleep. Um, so I used, to, when I was in high school, I felt really bad because, uh, even though I was doing a good thing, I would go to the Adoration Chapel and I was, it was, a, a sacrifice thing. It was when I was driving home from football practice, I was often smelly. I was always tired because it was after a whole full day of school, after adoration, and I would go and I would uh, I would fall asleep and I felt guilty about it, even though I'm a 16, 17 year old kid doing right. more, going to adoration. more for faith than most kids that age are doing. But I felt terrible because I was falling asleep. And uh, my youth minister, lo very loving woman, came and said, um, uh, is very poignant. She she's cut right to the heart of my guilt, and she said, "Taylor, what do they do to people before they do surgery?" I was like, "They put them under," and I was like, "Oh, uh, he's, she's like he's putting you under for heart surgery. Oh. He's doing surgery." I don't think that's what you signed up for when you went. To <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is good at a lot of things, but I don't think he went to school long enough <laughs> to be a heart surgeon. Scalpel. <laughs> but uh, you wake up and your appendix is missing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I had a friend who went to surgery for something like in their throat and realized in the car with me when doing her makeup in the mirror that she no longer had her tonsils. That wasn't part of the surgery and she then sued them because they weren't supposed to remove her <laughs> That's tonsils. That's amazing. <laughs> That's a hot um, take. 
But uh, no, not the tonsils. The uvula, the little dangly thing. Oh, the uvula. Smart. It was missing and just completely I gone. I don't do biology. Missing. I do rockets. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think it, there can be times where it, I, I I agree with it. I think it's a forte take. Obviously, I think it can be taken too far. You shouldn't be trying to fall asleep. You should be trying to stay awake. But I think if you're doing all the right things and you happen to fall asleep, right, you, it can be those those times of God really giving you really good healing and, and rest. And honestly, the real premise of this in my life is that I feel like my parents would always encourage me if I couldn't fall asleep to say the rosary. And inevitably that puts you to sleep, right? right yeah. uh, but now like, I can't say the entire Our Father without yawning. Like it's just a part of like my <laughs> embedded thing that like as I'm praying these specific prayers, I'm trying to fall asleep and I, I just yawn. So yeah, no disagreements, agreements. We, well, we could just try a different one. So nobody had strong takes about that one, but That's JP fine. did and I did. So JP was the first contestant. So go ahead and share your next take right. with us. The next one, we all know that you're a musician. A lot of people don't know that. Okay, well, we all now know <laughs> that Taylor is an excellent musician, uh, plays guitar, sings beautifully. Uh, I think priests should never ask the congregation to applaud musicians during the Mass. Sometimes it happens at the end of the Mass where they're just like, oh, and the musicians did a great job tonight. Let's all give them a round of applause. No doesn't belong there. Let's focus on the mass. We, ha we have, what's funny is, <laughs> as you were complimenting me about my musicianship, I was like, it, it's falling flat because there's a better musician right there. Here he is. Right here. This is David Casper. Hello, David. Howdy. <laughs> uh, I, I have opinions, but I want to hear your, yours first, Taylor. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, I have, um, I have interesting opinions. Clapping for the musicians should never happen. Uh, Pope Benedict said that we should not be clapping. It was, to be fair, it was not in like a papal document. It was his personal opinion. I has happened to agree with him. I have some caveats to what you said. Clapping should not be happening, but I have some... And I said during Mass. During Mass and should not be asked. Yeah, yeah. Now I want to hear your thoughts before I finish. Don't do it. <laughs> do not clap. <laughs> Like, honestly, as a person who leads mass choirs all the time um, and leads choirs that are sometimes full of just like the whatever volunteers you can put together, sometimes they're actually really well trained or professionals. It runs the gamut. But no matter what, I am trying that entire time to make the music about God and not about us. And I like sometimes I will even literally keep playing instrumental music during the time when people would be clapping yeah. so that they shut up. <laughs> don't do it it makes it do you miss chords on purpose as they're clapping <laughs> I'm not that good <laughs> I just, I just uh, I just gradually start singing more and more out of tune. Yeah. you Your start shifting you start shifting more and more into JP <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. It, it runs down the spectrum of the musicians in front of you yeah. <laughs> from JP to that's me a that's, that's a that's hot tough. take so the, the, the worst thing that JP said was should the priest ask absolutely not that is the worst part about it now I, because I also have been a musician at mass it makes it very awkward for us because like David was saying our entire goal is to help you pray so if you are then saying, I was focused on you the whole time, it's like, well, crap, I didn't do a good job, right? Um, but at the same time, I've been around enough Catholic musicians that 
uh, are very adamantly against people clapping, that they are then somehow rude to the congregation. You playing, we were joking, saying yes. that you were missing notes and stuff. You playing instrumental. <laughs> it, joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like you playing that instrument music is a good way to help kind of stop it and kind of, because we are trying to change like the culture of people clapping for mass and stuff because we don't agree with it. But at the same time, I don't think we should be yelling at people about it because what they, they are trying to show love and they're just being like, you suck, also shouldn't be either. So I do think some kind, there is a way to address it. Like I was at a parish once where the priest was like, said essentially what we're saying of like, hey, we shouldn't be clapping after mass. This was when Pope Benedict was the Pope. The Pope actually asked that we shouldn't clap after mass uh, because we really should be focusing on the Lord. And that's also what the musicians want. So can we not clap after mass? I'm and glad it, this turned into a PSA to all the people watching. Don't <laughs> clap during mass politely. Here's the reasons. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I got some thoughts. Oh! <laughs> it's getting spicy. All right. Hey, guys. Chris here. Um, make a joyful noise to the Lord. The only instrument I have, because you guys have heard me sing, is my hands. You know what I mean? So, I just want to say, if there's an elderly couple that gets up and they're celebrating their 70th wedding anniversary, and the congregation has a spontaneous applause or an uproar or something like that, I think that's a way to make joyful noise. I just don't want us to poo-poo on all clapping during the liturgy. I do. <laughs> Dave, I know David David wants to. Yeah, David certainly does. But but I, I would just say spontaneous applause is a way for us to almost let out that interior alleluia as a body. Yeah. I, should not be encouraged, should not be staged, definitely not to give glory to someone other than God, but God working in the life of a couple that's been married for 70 years, that elation should happen on some level, in my opinion. Yeah. And I, th and I think like having multiple opinions, even here amongst guys who are very devoted, very to devoted their to their faith and stuff. And it's interesting because like even as, as I'm thinking about it, it's like I don't exactly know where the line is because I'm like I'm, I'm trying to see how do I how just with my formation, the good, the good things in me, the bad things in me, what is naturally happening to me? And it's like when David was saying it's like I've I felt what David has felt. And like when your example of like it should it like. 70 years of marriage, that should be applauded. But I think somebody else was talking this weekend about somebody applauding, made them leave the church because we were applauding everybody's birthday and singing happy birthday and applauding everybody's wedding anniversary. It's, it's like my church. It's like, it's your church. I was like, I don't know where my line is. Yeah. Because I know that I feel comfortable with what you just said. 70 years, like that's something to be applauded and it's one time, right? Right. But I don't like every day. So what's the line? It's like, I don't know. And, and when you're applauding that, you're not even necessarily applauding that that couple is that amazing as much as the way that God worked through them and joined There's them There's no marriage. way they did that without the no, Lord. Right. right. Like that's, it is directed towards God. You're it's probably You're probably actually scaring that couple. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know where they are. <laughs> But, but, um, the last point is like, I think we, we often have these hard and fast rules that could be never this, always this. And I think we need to give each other some grace in the, sure. um, I don't know where my line is. It's somewhere between the 70 couple and every weekend. So I think I need to give a little grace to people on. Well, and maybe it's not a line. Maybe it needs to be a little gray area and that's where grace is given. Yeah. So, yeah. Grace is given. Grace. Good job. G R E Y C E. 
All right, go away, Chris. All right, bye. All right, next one. All right, since Father Anthony's not here. Oh, good. Priests are uniquely positioned to lay out Catholic guilt effectively and need to do so more often. I think that priests are not utilizing the Catholic guilt that sometimes gets a bad rap and sometimes can be overscrupulous, right? But I think that there is some amount of that that we need as a congregation to be like, you're the only one that can truly call us out on this, Father. Please do sometimes. Like, we need it. Like, we need that feedback that's not always just go make a difference, you know? We can make a difference. You... David loves that song. <laughs> I don't. He doesn't, in case you didn't hear that. Um, I, I do have uh, strong feelings about this. Um, read it again. Uh, the priests uh, are uniquely positioned to lay out okay. Catholic guilt effectively I, and need to do so more often. I have... I have um, either swerved on my take on this in the last few years, or at le- or I, th- I would like to think refined, but I've at least shifted. Um, and I think it's a lot of times because of how people define these words. Sure. So to me, guilt is bad. And I'll explain why in a second. Guilt is the, I'm so bad, I've done this thing wrong, I can't go back to God. That's what right. I mean by guilt. No, that's not. So I gave, a, uh, I gave a talk for years called Catholic Guilt Must Die. I think Chris actually, I think I might have done it for, Chris, uh, for Chris's kids at, at his parish, called Catholic Guilt Must Die. Because there was this pendulum swing of like, we're, so, we're feeling so guilty all the time, we need the mercy, right? Right. Um, but the action item for me was then conviction. So guilt bad, conviction good. Taking this bad feeling I have and turning it into action. Yes. Now, uh, a lot of people, their definitions are those two same things, but shame is the bad thing and guilt is the good thing. Yes. Wax on wax yeah. off. I yeah. don't know shame, why I'm doing Shame this. pushes you to depression or distance and guilt like pulls you into improvement. That's right. how I would also see that. So with that... Uh, if we're using just the shame and guilt, I think that the shame is bad because it, it actually pulls me further from God because I'm pulling myself further from God. I agree. Where the guilt or my version, conviction, I, I feel bad for what I did. I hit you with a beanbag at the, <laughs> at the beach. I feel really bad about it. And I may have done extra things to cause more Catholic <laughs> guilt in my unique position as the person who hit my beanbag. Right. So, like, I feel bad about it, and it makes me, like, want to be better in the future. It's like, it was a split-second decision. I need to be better. Like, it, it, it caused me to, like, feel bad, but not in a, like, oh, I need to, like, come up in a shell, like I do with some of my other mistakes and sins, sure. right? Um, so I think if we're talking just shame and guilt then I do think that, ca- that, that priests should be talking because they do have a unique position um, as the father, as the pastor, as the shepherd to, to say the things, hey, this is where you are messing up. And I think it's awkward to do that. Yep. Hey, here's where you're not tithing enough. Here's where you're doing too much sexual sin. Here's where you're doing X, Y, and Z. And I think they should be doing that, but again, not without the conviction point. I have a response or maybe an addition to the take. Oh which is that um, I think that guilt, shame, conviction, whatever you want to call the good version of it, uh, is only helpful is only helpful to, to draw up within a person and to encourage within a person if you are certain that that person is not over-scrupulous. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. there is definitely this like spiritual malady of when you like, you get so, like there's things that you should be 
feeling guilt over, like hitting somebody with a beanbag. <laughs> but you were not sitting. I'm right, sorry. You were not <laughs> sitting here right now, like uh, just weeping and moaning yeah. over what kind of a terrible yeah, I person edited that you are. Out. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the car ride back from the beach. Yeah, we we had to like. Uh, wet vac out of his tears from his car is great. Um, anyway, so there's, there's scrupulosity where it comes too far into play and you feel overly guilty, disproportionately guilty, uh, either over something that isn't that big, or maybe it is a big thing, but you're not allowing God's grace and forgiveness to make itself present in your guilt. And you never forgive yourself for it, even when God does forgive you. Yeah. So when a, when a priest has the ability to bring that up within people, he shouldn't be firing shots into the crowd indiscriminately. Yeah. Um, he, like, I think weaponizing Catholic guilt for good has to be done in a much more personal, like one-on-one -on -one or like small group type setting where you, you're not just... You have no idea if you say that from the pulpit at mass, how it's going to hit every single person in that congregation. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That is a fair point that I've not considered. And I think that's right because, yeah, I mean, it, especially when you're in the role as priest during mass in persona Christi, that is, you know, Christ condemning whatever it is. Like that's, that's powerful to some people and some people wouldn't react the right way to that. So I yeah, one thing that uh, David, who just walked away, uh, talked about uh, earlier in the treat was uh, to share the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, like meaning like with us, with God, it's what we need to share with him, but it's also what pastors need to be sharing. And the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth is, it's always the truth and love because love is a person and truth is the person and they are the same person, right? Truth and love, love and truth. Um, so yeah. Very yeah. good. How many more do we have? Uh, as many as you want. But I think I think Chris had one. Chris does have one. Let's do one more from Chris and one more from you. Come on, right. Chris. Chris has a take. JP and I are going to respond. Here. Pretend you're me. <laughs> I, I thought I kicked you out. I thought you replaced him. <laughs> hey, friends. Here is my hot take. At this point in the post-pandemic world that we're in. Oh, God. <laughs> this was a mistake. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> If, if your parish or diocese is not distributing communion under both species, they need to get their act together, especially in this season of Eucharistic revival. Okay. Forte, forte, forte. <laughs> okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, yeah, I think that's totally forte. It looks like we've got lots of opinions here. But I do think that that's something that, like, yeah, other than the concern for public Boy. health that kind of comes and goes... <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I think it's something that we all miss. It's, it, it's either important or it's not. And either we were all like giving each other the flu, you know, or all these other diseases, or we weren't, which sometimes we stop for the flu, fine. Um, but it's been a long time. Like, I feel like there is some sort of spiritual hole in all of our hearts of not being able to receive the blood of Christ that it's, it's either matters or it doesn't. And I think if it matters, then we need to be urgently trying to get back to it. Yeah. I don't think we are. All right, come closer, Doug. Yeah, I would um, like to just disagree with that sentiment. I think um, I think that the um, because of the shortage of priests, it requires the use of extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion, making them in effect ordinary ministers of Holy Communion, which is not supposed to be the norm. And so, if we the distribution under both kinds is fine, but if we want to do that, first we need to push for more priests, not more laity to come try and fill part of the role of priests and deacons. Yeah. So that would be my 
I think we did swing too far on using extraordinary ministers of communion. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting for me. Um, I think, I, think ult- I, I agree with the take, ultimately, right? And I, uh, I, I think that both should be an option. It has been an interesting um, uh, personal thing since COVID. Before COVID, I had this idea that I had to receive both in order to receive. I thought I was receiving, in my mind, even if I intellectually or theologically knew, I'm receiving half of Jesus when I eat and half of Jesus when I drink. Because to and, be clear, though, like by by theology standards, right? Like even the smallest crumb of the body of Christ represents the entire body, blood, soul, and divinity. Exactly. Right? Is what we teach. No, in, it doesn't represent. Or sorry, not represent. It it is. It is. What's, fun, what's funny is what Chris just did is what people do to this show all the time, except I never hear it. <laughs> we get to hear it because we, we've got like, a live audience. Yeah. We, yes, exactly. We know what you meant. I, you I did not mean represent. So my, 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 it was interesting because at first I was very frustrated by not having both species. But then, like, I have gotten sick a lot, and I was a sickly kid, and I've gotten sick a lot to where, like, last, last year, 2022, I was sick for two weeks, like, sick for two weeks, healthy for three, sick for two, healthy for three. So even though I think overall it was a bad thing that we got rid of both and that we, we should have both now, it had the, the, the positive for me that came out of it is, one, when I am sick, I, when, I, when I was sick previously, I would take both. And that's not good for me to do the rest of the congregation. But at the same time, if I am feeling healthy, I, I have received the blood a few times since COVID, but I don't receive every time that it is available as much as I used to because I either I don't want to get other people sick or I don't want to get sick. And like the good, the good that has come out of it is, is I feel much better now just receiving the body than I did before COVID. So yes, ultimately I agree with the take, but it has been this interesting internal thing since it's happened. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Great. All right. All right, we've got one more from last, JP here. Last, last one. Pick your best one you got. Uh, since we're talking COVID, I'll just end with this one. Uh, the benefit, because sometimes I've noticed churches are stopping their live streaming. And I think even in some dioceses, the bishop has come out to say, no, no more of this, right? Stop that. People need to come back. Fine. But... I say that the benefit for sick people to participate in the live stream mass outweighs the negatives of just lazy Catholics abusing it, not going to mass. Like, I think there was a net positive there that needs to continue happening because if I'm sick, now I've got to watch, you know, very obscure, not anywhere in my diocese, not my community. I yeah, can't participate. You have to struggle so. through Father Mike Schmidt's mass. You have to struggle through Bishop Barron. You have to struggle through all these no-names <laughs> that don't have any mass. You can't go to the mass and, and the if, Holy If Land. I am supposed to be a part of my parish community, I want to be <laughs> continually somehow a part of my parish community. I think that's important. Yeah. 100% forte. Even if no one watches the live stream, our parishes need to be able to bring the liturgy to a caliber to where they can assume that people who are watching are still going to be impacted by it. Like there's there's just a quality that I think a lot of parishes rose to when they had a live stream that that has not always been there. We have a reason to be better. Let's be better. And let's showcase the beauty of the liturgy, especially for the shut-ins or the at-homes in our parish boundary. We are still their parish. They are still our parishioners. They shouldn't have to watch Father Mike. He is easy on the eyes. <laughs> there is one reason and one reason only that this is a forte take. 
Because we still need to have video evidence of Father Anthony's live stream flubs for mass, for content for this show. If we don't see that. If we, if we don't have, if, if I don't have that, I have to do crap like this and have these people on the show. <laughs> we had such good content with Father Anthony was live streaming everyone's messes. Every time he messed up, it led the show. It does create a lot better content for Catholic media. Than what <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I I also fully forte agree with this take that uh, live streaming needs to, needs to continue, but also for reasons other than just like sick people trying to get to mass. Um, this is evangelism. Like this is evangelization in the new digital age and you can reach people like there are a lot of people who don't come to mass. You have a pretty good percentage chance of reaching some people who would never have attended or perceived that mass in any way. Like maybe they'll watch it on their TV at home if that's an option to them. And maybe they'll want to come be a part of that community if they like what's happening on the screen in front of them. Like people don't have to be sick or invalid or, or something like that for this to be a benefit to somebody. And yeah, you probably do lose out on people in the pews who would rather just stay home, but I think you're going to hit replacement rate with the people who will want to show up because they saw what you had to offer yeah. if you are offering the mass. And, and I think as long as we stay clear that like watching from home is not a full valid mass, right? Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't necessarily count for your full Sunday obligation. Like if that's the best you can do, that's good and you are, you know... In, in less of a state of sin, I guess, over it, if you want yeah. to put it that way. But I, I think that, you know, to kind of what David is saying, like people that would even just be curious about Catholicism to come to their local parish, if I could go watch it online and kind of understand what I'm about to go through if I ever decide to go in person, if I get that courage, because that can be a daunting thing to just walk into. Like, I can't imagine myself just showing up one day to a Baptist church and just you know thinking the first I know time what you're to gonna do. notice. Your 70th wedding anniversary when everybody starts <laughs> clapping and everything. All right, we gotta close it up. Uh, JP, thank you for your takes. Everybody, thank you for, for sharing your opinions. I really appreciate it. And don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, so when we recorded that game, I definitely said, don't go anywhere, we'll be right back. We're not right back. I'm right back because we ran out of time and we didn't record a third segment. But I wanted to share today's episode with you anyway. I hope that you enjoyed some of the, the insights from our retreat uh, and also that very silly game and uh, just a wider cast of characters than we usually have. Uh, if you liked it, please hit that subscribe button wherever you are watching or listening. And like I said at the beginning, if you liked that and you sound, it sounded like the retreat was a good thing and you want to join us for... Uh, um, our next men's retreat or our first women's retreat uh, just let me know and I'll add you to the list uh, for whenever we send out invites we're not like really publicizing it on socials or anything we're just kind of inviting people that we know uh, so we hope that you'll enjoy the, the retreat thank you guys for watching and listening and we'll be back next week bye I love you